Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. My name is Josh Barnett. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are a part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I'm the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I've chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all All this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now boldly and confidently come into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. And when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray from this... From his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So we look at all this. Paul starts with, when I think think about all this, when I think about all this, what? What's he talking about? Well, he's talking about chapters one and chapters two, everything that he just got done teaching the church in Ephesus, which is how much God loved us, how God adopted us, how he's made us alive and holy. Tim taught a lot about how we now are able to inherit the blessings of God because we are right with God, because we are right with God. We now walk in the Zoe life. And then Paul talked about like our will is to live under God. And when we live under his lordship, we, we automatically receive uh, his will for our life. And, and he begins to talk about in chapters one and two that he has made us one body, one church, his temple, his family. By his grace, he's made us at peace and, at one, and oneness with Christ. And so he says, when I think about all that, and then he identifies himself. It's like, if he hadn't announced himself yet, he then says, it's funny the way Paul writes sometimes in these letters, because he's in chapter three, and now he's kind of even like, he says at the beginning, this is a letter from Paul, but now he's like reintroducing himself. And he identifies himself as prisoner of Christ. When I think about all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ. And I love that he uses that. And that's one thing that I want to pull from here tonight is that we are prisoners of Christ. We are slaves to Christ, that he is our owner. A few months ago, we did the Names of God series, and one of the names that I taught on was Adonai. And Adonai literally means owner, master. And that's what Paul is showing uh, uh, here, that he's a prisoner of Christ. And, and when we see that, that God is our Father, he's our Lord, he's in charge, he demands complete, immediate, unrestricted obedience. And I want to start tonight by saying that the Zoe life, that a prerequisite to the Zoe life is believing and living as Christ is Lord. 
The Zoe life is not possible apart from absolute surrender to Jesus. It's not possible. When I I say the Zoe life, because that's our, our theme this year, when I say Zoe life, what does that mean? That is the state in which we were intended or designed to live in. A full, whole, eternal, abundant, resurrected life. There's just few of the adjectives that is used uh, there to describe the kind of life that we have. It's actually even interesting in the Gospel of John because you read through the Gospels and you see kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. When you get to the Gospel of John, John many times replaces kingdom with zoe. He says kingdom twice in his whole Gospel. He says life 37 times. That is the, the life in the kingdom. This is the God kind of life with him. The Zoe life is the fullness of life that comes from a relationship with God. It is the, true, it is, it, it is the truth that true life and ful, ful, can't talk, fulfillment come from a deep connection with God. True life and fulfillment come from a deep connection with him. And that causes us, this is what Paul taught in last week, that causes us to live according to his will. And that's Paul saying, I'm a prisoner, so the prerequisite, if you want to walk in that kind of life, a prerequisite is you have to give him absolute surrender, that he is master, that he is Lord. Many Christians walk around wondering why they're struggling and wonder why life's so hard and wonder why I don't have peace and wonder why I don't have joy. The question then is, what part of your mind, what part of your heart, what part of your life is unsurrendered to him, is unsurrendered to him? Paul taught that, I I feel like I'm echoing Paul, but... The declaration that Jesus is Lord must not only be with our lips, but must be with our life. Because many will say to me, Lord, Lord. So we can't deceive ourselves. We have to know him. We have to submit in loving obedience. And so so Paul, after his identification, when I think about this, I, Paul, after his identification, he's actually intending to jump right into a prayer but the way that Paul writes most of his letters, he can't jump into anything without giving you a really long run on sentence. Um, there's actually even a verse where Peter says, I, you know, Paul, he kind of writes kind of funny. Um, he just, he interrupts himself to preface the prayer. And so he goes on this tangent from verses 2 to 13 before he even actually enters into his relatively short prayer uh, in, in the, the passage. But the, the preface to the prayer was to teach these Gentiles, the church in Ephesus, about the mysterious plan of God that has been revealed. And what is the mysterious plan of God that has been revealed? The church. The church was the mystery that was hidden in ages past. And we are that church because of his grace, because we have been united with him. And now he begins to talk about the purpose. The purpose of the church is to reveal this Zoe life that is available now. The purpose of the church. The purpose of the church isn't just to be saved from hell. The purpose of the church is to make disciples of all nations. The the purpose of the church is to show this Zoe life that is available now, that we we are now co-laboring with God to transform the globe. We are God's plan for the world. And many, a lot of people don't like, well, well, Jesus is the plan. Right. Jesus transformed your life so now that you are God's plan for your family for your workplace, for the community that you live in, we, the church, are now God's plan for the world. Jesus didn't say, I am the light of the world. He said, you are the light of the world. You are the city set upon the, set upon the hill. Well, how? Well, John 1 says his life is the light of all mankind. 
And so as we unify with his Zoe life through surrender, he begins to shine through us. By his grace and our faith, we begin to shine brightly for him. So it's, it's the co-laboring of by, by his grace and by our faith, we co-labor with him and we do this. Now, and, and Paul goes on to say, you know, we get to carry out this plan because of his grace. So I'm not going around boasting, going, oh, look at me, I'm the light of the world. I'm so awesome and cool. I can do all these things for God. No, I know that it's by his grace that I get to do all of these things. And so the Zoe life is one not for boasting, but one that constantly turns us back to go, oh God, you would choose me? Are you kidding me? And so it's not like a prideful, boastful thing. It's like we recognize, man, he is so good to us that by his grace, we get to walk we get to walk this out. And Paul prays about this Zoe life, the, the unsearchable riches of Christ, that we would know them, that we would experience them, that we would discover them. God's riches for us are unsearchable, meaning that we will never know them completely. We're gonna learn about how deep his grace is for all of eternity. And, 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 and two, that, that he's got unlimited treasure for us, unlimited riches for us. And now Tim taught in week one that that spiritual blessing isn't necessarily materialistic. A lot of times it's, it's a spiritual blessing. But, but many times there is a physical blessing that is also reaped with that. And so many people, you're in this room tonight and you may be feeling anxious about the financial situation that you're in or with your job or whatever, but I want you to know that your bridegroom's name is Jaira. He is provider. Right? It's, so, yeah, and it's, un, it's unsearchable, it's unmeasurable, right? You think about a guy like, uh, like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, billionaires. Like, I can't even comprehend, like, that kind of money. That, that's, a, that is, that's insane. Billions of dollars, right? He could wipe out the debt of, of every person in this room, every person that calls Christian Ministries Church their home. He could pay off all of our mortgages, and it wouldn't put a dent in his pocketbook, God is way richer than that. God is way, so what are we worried about? What are we anxious about? Paul gave his example about the bird feeder. They don't, they didn't toil for that. But in God and all of his goodness, does he not care more for you than the sparrow or the lily of the field? His unsearchable riches that we have access to. You're never, and, and, and with the spiritual blessings, like you're never gonna top off. Like he, he's got, He's got joy for you that you didn't even know was available yet. Every, every new season of my life, I just think like, God, how do you keep getting better? How do, you, how do I have another measure of peace? Like, how do you? It's because he just gets better and better and better and better in the Zoe life. In that Zoe life, he just gets better and better. And this is this, and, and, then, and then with that, it's not just to be like, oh, like now we got all this awesome, cool stuff from God. Now it's, Paul says, to make it known to the world. And so that's how I shine bright is by living in the Zoe life. I begin to shine bright to make this, this gospel, this good news known to all people. And Paul talks about as we're united, as we come together, as we're fellowship. And so it's not just a Zoe life like, on your own, but also like with the fellowship with the body of Christ that we demonstrate that, that we're united, that there's no separation between Jew and Gentile, female, nor male and black and white. And it doesn't matter, your nationality doesn't matter that we are united as a supernatural church family and the, and the, the world looks in 
because I think the world, a lot of taste, a lot of times today their problem would be is they look into the church and it's like, okay, it seems like it's going well for one or two, but, but why not everybody? And that's not normal. The whole church, amen. The whole church should be going and living in that Zoe life together. So much so that Jesus prays in John 17, Lord, I pray that they become one as you and I are one so that the world know you sent me. So that the world will look at the church and go, uh, God's real. That's crazy that they are living that kind of life together that God is real, right? That we live, walk in such supernatural unity and love with each other. Come on. But how often do we let little pity, you know, uh, petty, just stuff that doesn't matter get in the way of our relationships? And it's like, that's silly, man. Like, we, we don't got time for all that. We're trying to shine, but we're trying to save the world here. We're trying to shine bright here. I, I, I think about 1 Corinthians 5 when Paul says, remove the sinner from among your fellowship. Turn him over to Satan. So that when he sees what he's missing out on, he'll repent. Right? And so it was with intention of repentance of like, when I'm separated from that body that is experiencing the Zoe life, I've got to repent and turn from my sin and get back to what God is doing in my church, what he's doing in my fellowship. Come on. I love this quote by Brennan Manning. It says, the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and deny him by their lifestyle. Deny him by their lifestyle. And, we, you may, and, and I don't necessarily mean that you're living in like a, a bunch of sin, but, but if you're so anxious or you're so depressed or you're so, I'm not saying that you're, that you're living like a, a super duplicitous lifestyle, but even, but, but, but for if you're struggling with the same things that the world is struggling with all the time, why would they want what you have? Come on. Do you hear me? And if you don't believe that we can't be set free from those kinds of things, then you haven't met my Jesus. Come on. Come on. And then I love in verse 10 that it talks about how this mystery that God is even revealing things to the unseen realm the unseen rulers in spiritual places, that what we do, listen, what you do in the physical affects the spiritual. What we do in the physical realm affects the spiritual realm. Of course, God wants to re reveal this wisdom to the church, but, but God doesn't, it's interesting, he doesn't use the angels to reveal wisdom to the saints. Here we see that he uses the saints to reveal wisdom to angelic beings. That's crazy to think about. Why, you know, why is that important? <laughs> it's important because we're bringing the universe, the world, back into alignment with its created intention. And, and, and there are places in the world where there are, there are dark principalities that need to be unseated. What are they unseated by? A church that is living the Zoe life. A church that is living. Jesus didn't come to overthrow Rome he came to overthrow who Rome was under authority to, Satan. Because he knew if he overthrew Satan, that it wouldn't be long before the ruler of Rome was overthrown. Okay? The Zoe life will cause the unseating of unseen rulers and principalities. See, this is so much bigger than getting your porn problem under control. There's a lot more going on than our little anxieties and worries and fear. There's a lot more at stake. There's a principality of Islam that needs to be unseated. 
There's a principality of atheism that needs to be unseated. There's a principality of the LGBTQ in our world that needs to be unseated. How do we unseat it? By living the Zoe kind of life. Because when a people know who they are in God, all they have to do is walk in the room and the enemy flees. Come on. Come on. This is huge. You want to unseat Islam, atheism, Marxism, paganism, then live the God kind of life. Be the light into the world, the city on the hill. Be the reconcile that God has called us to. We have been tasked with setting everything back right. This is a supernatural authority that has been given to us as believers. We are carriers and partakers of God's divine nature. Verse 11 and 12 talks about this was accomplished because of Christ. Remember in Matthew 10, when he sends out the 70, that he says, when they come back reporting all that they had done, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Why did Satan fall like lightning? Because his authority had been taken away from him and given back to mankind. Given back to mankind. Given to, given to us by Christ, yes, by his grace, for sure. But we can walk in it nonetheless. And I hear people, you know, people say, well, well, I can, well I'm not Jesus, I can't live like Jesus lived. I don't think that's what the New Testament church thought. I don't think that's what Paul was teaching here. Jesus even said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Romans 8 says that we are predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Ephesians 5, we'll see later on, imitate God in everything that you do. It seems like we were supposed to live like Jesus lived. It seems like he has called us to live like him. It's quiet. I see things like these signs shall follow those that believe, cleanse the leper, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Because we have put our faith in him. We have been united with him. And his victory is our victory. We've been resurrected with him. We can now boldly, what he says in, in verse 12, boldly and confidently come into the throne room of God. We get to come right into his presence. Because of him and our faith, we have access to his presence, his glory, his power. Because of him and our faith, we can confidently and boldly walk in the Zoe life. I don't think it was, I don't think it was just coincidence that last year was lived by faith and this year is the Zoe life because last year was getting us ready for this year. Come on. Last year was building our faith so that we could live like Jesus, so that we could walk like him. We are now his children welcomed right into his open arms, just as Christ is. We are not unworthy to walk like he walked because of him and our faith that we've put in him. That doesn't, and, and that doesn't make me feel entitled or spoiled. It makes me want to worship. It makes me want to pray. It makes me want to rejoice that he has given me Zoe, the God kind of life. So as he wraps up there and he goes and leads into the last part of the chapter, he goes, he goes back to verse 14 and he says, for this reason. So he gets back to, Okay, that was a long rabbit trail that I went on teaching you about the church and God's mysterious plan 
what his intention is for you to do. Now, now let me get back to what I was originally going to do. And what he was originally going to do was pray and worship from the things that he said in chapter one and two. And now he just gave us more reason to pray and worship in chapter three. But he says, for this reason, when I think of all of this, when I think of all of this, he says that he falls to his knees. He prays from his knees. And, and I, I love that he says that, that, it's, that, he, that he, he doesn't have to mention falling to his knees, but I want us to see this here, that, that the Holy Spirit puts this in here for a reason. There are so many times we see in scripture of people praying from their knees. Ezra, Solomon, David, Daniel, Stephen, Peter, Paul, and even Jesus from their knees. If praying from your knees is not required, but it is good. Why is it good? Because kneeling requires humility. Kneeling requires humility. And I'll say this, the Zoe life is a life lived from our knees. The Zoe life is a life lived from our knees. And not, not necessarily just like physically, but all the time realizing I'm on my knees before my king. The Zoe life is a life lived, surrendered from my knees. When we kneel down, when we, and not only just kneeling on our knees, but when we put our heads down, it's saying, Lord, I surrender my mind. I surrender my heart. I don't always understand your ways, God, but I submit to you. That's what kneeling does. That's what kneeling does. And then he goes into the, this whole prayer, and he talks about being empowered by the Spirit. The whole prayer is about empowering us to experience Zoe, the God kind of life. And talks about being empowered by the Spirit, the Spirit who has unlimited resources, who never runs out of, he never runs out of strength, he never runs out of help for us, he never runs out of grace for us. He says that the Spirit strengthens our inner man. The Spirit strengthens our inner man. There is an inner man, church, that is just as important than the, that is just as, if not more important than the physical body. Your inner man. Many people are, they put a, an emphasis on the importance of strength in our physical body, but many times we're exceedingly weak in our inner man. And I will say this too, is, is oftentimes we, we don't, I was just teaching the LA guys this the other day, many times the reason that we cannot overcome our temptations is not because of the strength of our external temptation or our external desires, but rather the weakness of our inner man. It's not that, so, that we just can't know it's the weakness of our inner man. Focusing on diminishing our, 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 our outside appetites, our outside temptations will never bring the hopeful results. We must live to be a people who stoke the fires of a superior flame. The remedy, listen church, the remedy for stopping and overcoming the works of the flesh is not by trying harder to stop, but by being filled more with him. The remedy is not by trying harder to stop, but by being filled more with him. And I want us to know, this Zoe kind of life, we cannot become more like God without God. We cannot live the Zoe life apart from him. St. Augustine said, without God, what am I but a guide to my own destruction? Without God, what am I but a guide to my own destruction? See, it's the Holy Spirit that transforms us from the inside out. Paul even references this earlier in the book when he talks about the, 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 the Jews had the circumcision, but circumcision was on the outside. The circumcision didn't change the heart. The Holy Spirit is what changes the heart. The application, the, so what does that mean for us today? Because circumcision is required, but we've got to know the application of rules on the outside don't have the power to change your inner man. 
Only the Holy Spirit has the power to change your inner man. And he says, as you're, as you're filled with the Spirit that begins to, to increase your strength and, and cause your inner man to grow stronger, I pray that you would trust in Christ, that you will allow him to make his home on the inside of your hearts. Do you, has, have you allowed Christ to make his home inside of you? You think about it at your home, tonight when you go home, you have access to everything. Right? You ever gone to somebody else's house and make yourself at home that people say that to you? Do you really do it? No. You don't make yourself at home. If you did, you wouldn't get asked to come back. <laughs> people say that to make it, okay, cool, I'll just go look through all your drawers and look through everything. But at your house, you have access to any room, any closet, any supply, right? At my I get to go home tonight and I, I can eat anything in my pantry that I want to eat. Why? Because it's mine. I bought it. My kids don't get to it. It ain't theirs. Dad, why do you get, why, you, why are you eating, Dad? Why can, you said, I couldn't have any. I'm an adult. I bought it. It paid for it with my money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we, when you go home, you don't have to ask for anything or for permission to use anything or to go into any room. Is your heart his home? Does he have free access to everything in it? Can he go into any room? Is he allowed, is he allowed to clean anything up? Is he allowed to clean anything up? The, people, the, the, people, the kind of people that I want to have, I want to have Savannah Owens over at our house anytime because anytime we have anything going on, sorry, dude, she changed, yep. I'm not used to it yet. I still, I still call uh, Chloe Cook, Chloe Davis a lot of times too. I just can't, I, my brain's not switching over yet. But Savannah Jean's now, Whenever we do any kind of thing, any youth event, any young adult thing, whenever it's over, you know who's there last? Not because she's hanging out, but because she's cleaning? Savannah. Dude, that's the kind of people I want to have over at my house, right? The ones that clean. The ones that clean. And listen, any young adult girls that you ever babysit for me, after my kids go to bed, if you start cleaning, you know, you will get paid more. God bless you with that. Is Jesus allowed to clean anything up? that he wants to? Is he allowed to move things in and out? Paul asked that Jesus would live in these believers, even as Jesus promised himself in John 14, 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and will come to him and make our home in him. See, Jesus wants to settle down in your heart. He doesn't just want to be a stranger. He didn't want to just visit. His home is in our hearts. And he says that we're supposed to be rooted and grounded in love for one another. We're rooted and grounded in love for one another. The, the community part of this Zoe life is important. We're grounded in community with God's people. We're rooted and grounded in God's love together. We go after this Zoe life together. This is how we stay strong, church. This is how we don't lose our faith. The way that I see many young people losing their faith is because they don't stay in community. They don't stay in community. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, flee youthful lust, pursue righteousness along with those who call upon God with a pure heart. So we're rooted and grounded in God's love together as a body of Christ. We're empowered by the spirit to allow Christ to make his home in us along with people who are doing the same. And as we do this, we begin to experience new depths of God's love for us. We begin to see that his love has no end. We begin to see that it's something that we continually discover, that it can't be measured fully, it can't be understood fully, and we continue to go after this Zoe life together. 
But even though Paul says this, I love this part about his love, even though Paul says this love can't be fully measured and understood, he also says that we should be able to understand the width, the length, the height, and the depth of God's love. And he doesn't really go in and explain exactly what that means. Why? Because he wants us to think about it. He wants us to dwell on it. He says that he wants us to experience it. He wants us to experience it. We are meant to experience the love of God, not just know about it. Just, and this is why oftentimes we get called the bride of Christ. We are supposed to experience our spouse and our love with our spouse, not just know about them. Not just know about them. We're supposed to, there's supposed to be a real encounter that takes place with our God. We should dwell and have some understanding because we have encountered the love of God. So what does it mean to me, the width of God? It means that it's wide enough to cover all of my sins that it's washed away everything, that it's wide enough to cover all people. What does its length mean? It means it has no beginning and no end, that his love for me began before my life began and it will extend for all eternity for me. Come on. What does the height mean? It means in the highs of life, in the heaven of life, when I'm with my kids, when I'm with my wife, when we're having a party, when everything is going awesome, his love is there and it has taken me up to those mountaintops. What is the depth of his love for me? He was close to me when I was brokenhearted. He was close to me when I was alone. He was in the dark night of the soul with me. In the darkest valley, the worst of time, the lows of life, his love was there. That's Zoe, to have access to God's love, to experience it. Not just have knowledge of it, but to experience his great love. It's too great to fully, known, to fully know, but it can be known. And we continue to grow in our knowledge of his love. Experiencing the love of God fills us, what Paul says, with all the fullness of God. I want to be filled with all. Not, he doesn't just say filled with God. He doesn't just say the fullness of God. He says all of the fullness of God. Filled with all of the fullness of God. That is Zoe where his life becomes our light. Life and life more abundant, fullness of joy, unspeakable joy, fullness of peace, unexplainable peace. That's Zoe. That's Zoe. Church, I think many times we focus on what we were saved from, never realizing what we were saved for. And what you were saved from is not nearly as important as what you were saved for. Because you were saved to experience the love of God. Paul prays here that we would come to the complete understanding of how loved we really are. And that's why I want to end with worship tonight. If my musicians will jump up here real quick. I know it's late and I know it's the middle of the week and I know... You know, we still got a couple more days of this week ahead, and, and, it, and, it, and it's late at night, but I, but I want us to encounter the love of God tonight. I want us to experience the love of God tonight. I want us to open up our hearts to him and ask that he would come and fill this room, that he would fill our hearts and our minds. I want to end Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 here. I want to read it to you. I love the way the Passion Translation words it. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, 
and he will exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Zoe kind of life, it means that your life, I really think that our life should be prophetic, a prophetic witness to the world around you that they can have the peace that you have. They can have the joy you have. They can have the love that you have, that they can have a full, abundant life. Your marriage should be a prophetic witness to them. Your kids should be, your business should be, your health should be a picture of the Zoe life. The wholeness that you have in your heart and mind should be a picture of the Zoe life from God. The gospel doesn't, the gospel starts with Jesus died on the cross to save you from our sins, but it just starts there. The debt being paid is unbelievable. And we're gonna celebrate that for all eternity, but the rest of the gospel is that you get to live in resurrected, abundant life in the kingdom. That you get to live in eternal life now. We're in heaven now because we got him. Because we have him. Wherever Jesus is, that's where heaven meets earth. And he's in this place and he wants to We're going to sing this song and we're going to sing, I want to be where you are. But Jesus says the same thing about us. He wants to be right where you're at tonight. Paul says it here that we get to experience and encounter the love of God. And the love of God is filling this room tonight. The Zoe life, the state in which we were intended to live, full, whole, eternal, abundant, resurrected, and free. It's the fullness of life that comes from a relationship with God. It's true life and fulfillment that comes from a deep connection with him and causes us to live according to his will. Will you stand with me tonight? Let me pray over you. We're gonna sing this song. I'm gonna be done. I'm gonna let Jason pray it out. So if he goes past eight o'clock, it's his fault. You can blame him. I'm kidding. Let's pray and let's sing this out, church. This, I think we're supposed to respond to God's word and worship tonight. So let's really... Let's, let's hone in on this right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill this place. Fill this place, God. We want to be where you are. We want to be closer than we've ever been before, God. We want to experience more life. We want You came to give us life and life abundant, God. And we ask that you would fill us with that life tonight, that Zoe life, that God kind of life. God, fill us with your spirit because we want more of you. We want more of you. We want more of you, God. The, the wholeness, the freedom, the joy, the peace. We want to be in your presence, God. You're the best thing that's ever happened to us. The best thing that's ever happened to us is you, Lord. The best thing that's ever happened to us is that you forgave our sins and that you filled us with your Holy Spirit so that we could be one with you, God. We ask that you would fill us to a greater degree, God. We want to encounter and experience your love tonight. In Jesus' name, let's sing this out. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.